and thanks for listening to this week's Dairy Dialogue podcast, wherever you may be. Another week has flown by. It's almost Thanksgiving in the US. It's nearly time to get the advent calendar ready and to avoid buying Christmas presents for at least another month. Although I do have to say this morning I got a press release from Lapland in northern Finland from a certain person in red declaring Christmas officially open. So now you know. It's also been a busy week here at Dairy Reporter. I'm Jim Cornell, editor of Dairy Reporter, and our US correspondent Beth Newhart has been attending an event there, and we also hosted a webinar yesterday that you can still listen to online if you simply need more than just the weekly podcast. And I must say it went very well on the subject of dairy innovation. We had guests from Arla, Fonterra, and Novozymes joining us, so thanks again to them. And tons of questions coming in from listeners around the world, some of which we got to. Fortunately, the experts were there to answer the questions. I appreciate when you do a live broadcast on a global site, it's impossible to accommodate every time zone, which is why we make the recording available afterwards. I was tempted to use some of the webinar in the weekly podcast, but I've resisted because this week the webinar is looking specifically at another event, one I'll be attending, and that's HIE, or Health Ingredients Europe, taking place in Frankfurt in Germany very soon, from November the 27th to the 29th. In what was maybe not a very smart move, I did check the weather for the duration of the event, and while it could be completely wrong, it looks like it's going to be cold, hovering around the freezing mark. So you have to dress for cold temperatures, and then get to the event where it'll be really warm. So hopefully the press room has a place to leave my coat. If you're attending and would like to be featured in this podcast or on the website, please just fire us off an email. We'd be happy to interview you. The requests are already coming in thick and fast. I have five already lined up, but there's always room for a few more. As you'll hear, the show also includes two other events, Natural Ingredients and Expo Food Tech. And while I could talk about what's going on, I'll leave that to the experts, those far better versed with the event than I am. As on the program this week, we talk to one of the organisers of the event and one participant. And of course, we'll have our weekly look at the global dairy market with INTL FC Stone's Charlie Highland. First off this week in our HIE preview, we have Julien Bonvoyer, brand manager, food ingredients global at event organizing company UBM, who is able to give us some background on the event and more details on what's happening this year. So Julien, what's your role there? So I'm actually brand manager um, for the Health Ingredient Europe event. And um, as brand manager, I mean, it's comparable to maybe an event manager. My role is very much to coordinate, you know, the different teams that, that work on the events and, and, you know, making sure that uh, the operation team, marketing team, the sales team, that we all align and, and working towards the same um, strategy. And how many events are in your portfolio? So currently, um, Health Ingredient Europe and Health Ingredient Japan. And, and on an interim base, um, I am also acting as brand manager for having Food Ingredients Europe as well as uh, Food Ingredients South America. Okay, yeah, I know you mentioned the, the strategy of the shows. From, from the outside, people that attend an event, they probably mm-hmm. don't think about shows having a strategy. How could you explain what that means? Yes, of course. So basically, there are different different elements that go into our strategy. One is is maybe in terms of the um, experience that we provide to our exhibitors and visitors. So those will be very much based 
you know the research and the the surveys that that we carry out during and and after the event so where we try to understand you know what are the uh, the, the possibly the pain points um and also what are the opportunities maybe to enhance some of the experiences that we currently offer at the show or some of those experiences that we would like to introduce um, so, for example, you could think of um, matchmaking, which is something that, you know, for many years was not offered at our events and, and clearly, you know, through the discussions and, and research that we do with our exhibitors and visitors, we identified there was a need to develop, you know, a tool that allow both visitors and exhibitors to, to plan, you know, a meeting ahead of the show, um, you know, using some, some of the technology available. So this is an example. And then in terms of the event itself, well, we, we for example, we look at, you know, what are the key topics or trending topics that we would want to put a bit more focus on through the different content-led programs that we offer at the show. Or we can also, sometimes, you know, we we looking at the market trends, we identify maybe that there is a growing demand for natural solutions or for organic products. And then we'll uh, create uh, maybe an area within the show or expand an existing area and then have maybe a more specific, you know, marketing strategy for those um, product groups. And, and what are you seeing as the trends at the moment? The trends that we see currently, well, organic is uh, is definitely uh, a very strong trend, and we, we've seen that actually the um, we've had a, quite a significant growth at this year's event of um, companies, you know, looking to take part to the organic area of the show. Quite similar for natural ingredients, although, I mean, this is not a new trend, but it is continuing to be a very strong trend. Maybe a bit more recent is probably around personalized nutrition. And in personalized nutrition, I think there are different ways to, um, and I think you could probably know this better than me, but uh, personalized nutrition, of course, can be seen, you know, from a more scientific side where it would be really like, you know, creating pro- products that are absolutely completely specific to an individual. Whereas I think personalized nutrition, um, more commonly, you know, at the moment is more like um, according to, I mean, consumers according to their lifestyle will choose specific um, products. So they can be, uh, you know, I mean, uh, someone who might be, you know, doing quite a lot of sport will maybe opt for a specific type of products, will maybe, you know, look for sports and nutrition supplements. Those are, are you know, a couple of the trends. And, and of course, one of the, the very strong trends is also plant protein something that, that we can see, you know, being more and more, um, you know, promoted by our exhibitors. You have two sort of sub-shows in the HIE event. What's, what are those? So, so basically, Natural Ingredients is a sub-show that is, um, as it suggests, you know, is dedicated to companies that actually supply natural products, natural ingredients. And, and I mean, they might not be supplying exclusively natural ingredients, but very often they will choose this area of the show to really, you know, highlight that one of the differentiating factors of their products is, is that they are natural. And that's also where you will find the organic pavilion. Although, of course, organic and natural are two different things. I mean, natural doesn't have really a, like a regulated definition, um, whereas organic, of course, does. But uh, it made sense to, to have those two together. And similarly, you will have companies that might choose to exhibit in the general area of the show, but offer a lot of natural solutions. And and what we see is that natural ingredients tend to maybe welcome quite some small, medium companies, um, sometimes also from faraway countries that are maybe you know uh, underrepresented at the show. So that uh, that's interesting for those companies to also be in this area of the of the event. Then we also have the Expo Food Tech. 
expert food tech is very much an area for companies that provide solutions other than ingredients. So they can be processing equipment, packaging. You might find companies there that are, um, you know, offering research and development solutions, software, or you know, solutions around food safety and hygiene. Anything that that really doesn't isn't isn't an ingredient. Um, but are more part of the value chain would be found at the Expo Food Tech Pavilion. Would there be many product launches at the event? Yes, I mean, that's that's usually what we see. I mean, there's a lot of companies that, um, especially that we are biennial events, so some companies really will use the events to launch their, pro- their, their new product or their, their new solution. I know that one of our most popular features is the new product zone, where companies can basically, you know, promote they will have an individual showcase where they um, they will hire, you know um, showcase their their latest innovation, and that's usually quite a draw for visitors. And and you also have presentations as well. It's not just the the show floor. That's right. For specifically for exhibitors, so we also have a supplier solution theater, and uh, those would be you know the opportunity for for exhibitors to pro, you know provide a, a 25 minute presentation. On, on the solution or on the product or any any topic really that they would like to um, appear really position themselves as, as thought leaders. So these are supplier solutions. So they, they might be sometimes a little bit more commercial, whereas we have also a lot of other uh, features within the show as well as the conferences where there it's uh, definitely not commercial pitch, but really like covering a variety of topics. This year we have free to attend. It's uh, and, and locating ready right in the center of the of the hall. We have what we call the Industry Insight Theater, and you will have a number of industry experts that will that will present on on different topics. So, for example, we will have an organic spotlight. Similarly, we will have a supplement spotlight. And and how many exhibitors do you have at this event? We have over 500 exhibitors, and we should be close to a, a total number of 550 exhibitors. I think we must be around 530-something at the moment. Right. And how many visitors would you traditionally so, get? So we're on track to, um, to um, deliver over 10,000 uh, um, unique uh, visitors. Uh, actually, the uh, the pre-registration suggests that that um, we will definitely achieve that and maybe possibly um, exceed uh, that objective. We have visitors and exhibitors that come from over 120 countries. Um, having said that, I mean our core visitor, you know, base is is for 70% is actually coming from Europe. Dairy is uh, is definitely very well represented at the show, both in terms of, of exhibitors and, and, um, and visitors. I mean, that, that's usually among, you know, the top factors that, that are represented at the show, together with, with bakery. And, and of course, I mean, because there is a lot of development, you know, in the dairy industry for the, the functional food and beverages. So, I mean, you also see that actually at the show, we have quite a few of the uh, global leading, you know, Companies. I mean, like Arla is a, is there, Frisland Campina, Glambia, uh, Carberry. So we have we have quite a lot of those dairy companies that that do take um, part to the shows. Next, we talk to a company that attends the event, Friesland Campina, to hear from Robert Kolos, Global Sales Director at Friesland Campina DMV, about their participation in HIE. We're very excited about that one. I think for us it's, uh, it's one of the big shows uh, in the year. And this is one of the events where a lot of food companies, performance nutrition, nutri- medical uh, uh, infant companies are being present, either 
as a host or walking around. But this is one of the places where you want to be or where at least we as Risi Kupina want to be to talk to our customers, to showcase new products and to um, share what we are seeing uh, happening globally. Is it an event that you always attend? At Friesen Kupina, definitely. Uh, and I think it's moving more and more one to mainstream and to, let's say, global, or at least it's bigger than just EMEA uh, people attending. Have you seen changes in, in the event over the years? I think the the event, one year it's the, it's the E, the, the next year it's it's the fee. I think if we're looking at the customer base, uh, the fee is still a little bit bigger, but that difference is getting really, really small. So where in the past it was really, let's say the E was really about health ingredients and uh, uh, yeah, a more selected customer group. We are seeing now more and more customers that normally would come to the food ingredients exhibition now also coming to the health ingredients exhibition. So I think as an organizer uh, or as an organizing company, maybe they have to think about shouldn't it be the, the fee or the E or just merged on an annual basis. Right. And, and you see customers and, and potential customers from all over the world at this event? Yeah, I think there are still more European companies uh, uh, attending than really global companies, but more and more you, you do see um, Asian uh, people joining American. So yeah, it, it is becoming more global. Is it a place to just meet clients or is it also important for companies to do product launches at, at events like this? Oh, both. So I think for us, it's partly meeting with customers. Uh, I think their timing is an important one. It's a great kickoff, let's say, for next year. Uh, from a planning point of view, from a well, commercial pricing point of view, too, because presence or the attendance of uh, our customers is quite high. It's a great moment to talk about um, uh, new launches. And three, we're still working with quite a lot of distributors, so it's very efficient. Those distributors are walking around to actually have, um, have some, some meetings, so it actually saves in, uh, in travel budget and stuff like that. Mm. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great moment to walk around and see what, uh, what everyone is working on. Not asking you to give anything away, but are you launching anything at the uh, at the event? Uh, yeah, we have a couple of launches. I think the most uh, active ones or the most prominent ones are around the WPI. WPI, a lot of people are in WPI. Uh, for quite a long time, we, we looked at should we step in, yes or no. Uh, we only really want to step in uh, to something if we think we can add something. And uh, we found, uh, uh, let's say, a new way of processing uh, uh, the, the, the WPI, creating your drinks. And I think that is an area where uh, a lot of companies are looking into. It's difficult to uh, uh, create really clear drinks without sediments, without any uh, flotulation uh, happening. Uh, I think we might have an interesting product there. And two, we can play a little bit uh, around with the pH values, and that gives basically new formulation uh, uh, possibilities. I think quite a lot of our customers are looking into it, and I think uh, it fits in mainstream, it fits in millennial, it fits in uh, convenience, it fits in taste. Uh, so there are a lot of the trends pretty spot on from a trend point of view. So that's one. And the second one is a native way, a native WPC80 product. Uh, again, quite quite nice on trend. If you look at uh, mainstream, and I think millennials are playing a bigger uh, and bigger part in that. So uh, around natural, honest taste, minimal additives, and this is basically a WPC80 that is with minimal processing coming straight from milk, as in pure grass-fed cows.
And now it's time to see what's happening in the global dairy markets this week with INTL FC Stone's Charlie Highland. Okay, so just a, a recap of the European dairy markets this week. Um, we've had, as per usual, quite a volatile week. Um, we started the week uh, on the fat side with, with butter moving uh, quite considerably lower during the week. Um, we got down to uh, levels of around the 42.25 level. And there was a lot of talk in the market of um, excessive stocks um, with various processors and, and quite aggressive offers in the physical market, which which were, you know, bringing the sentiment lower. Um, as soon as we kind of reached this level of about 42, uh, 42.25 euros per ton, um, there's a bit of psychological support around this price, and I think a lot of end users started to come back in looking to cover. And from there, the market has gradually started to move back up again. Um, so the the outlook at the moment is uh, is, is quite neutral to slightly higher. Um, I think in general, the the market has made its move uh, lower. It's tested some some good kind of support levels, and it hasn't been able to break through them. So, from our opinion at the moment, we feel it's uh, it's, it's made a short term bottom, and it's probably got a little bit of uh, room to move higher from here. Um, the skim side of the equation has been uh, just positive basically this week. It's mostly driven by by the currency, the, the euro dollar currency, which has basically put a lot of support. It made the uh, European skim milk powder uh, prices quite uh, favourable on the world market. So we've been able to uh, get reasonable support from that, and the markets continue to trend up for this week. Um, we're kind of moving into uh, GDT week next week, and I think that a lot of people will focus on that to see if this uh, this move higher now is going to be sustainable. Um, you know, as well as the currency helping on the skim of powder side, there's also been a lot of reports from very strong demand out of Asia, um, particularly China, and that'll be tested with the GDT this week. So we we keep a close eye on that uh, this coming Tuesday to see if um, if this current uh, positive trend on the on the powder side will be confirmed. Thanks, Charlie. INTL FC Stone provides risk management and margin hedging programs and services, as well as OTC hedging tools and M&A advisory services to the global dairy industry. Well, that's all we have time for on this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll spread the word among your friends and colleagues. Please join us again next week as we head into December on the Dairy Dialogue. And thanks so much for listening.